Hey, hey, hey. What's up, everybody? I just want to make sure. Oh, I'm recording. I'm in action. (laughs) Hey, what's up, everybody? What's going on? I am trying to get everything situated properly. And it's crazy because I was just here in my studio over the, the week. Well, yeah, during the week, I should say and trying to record and got home and no audio. There was no audio going on for me, and I was so disappointed. I was like, oh, man, I can't let that happen again. So I'm just going to check out my my audio right now to make sure that my sound is good and that I am giving you all some some content and that you can hear me, hopefully so. Uh, I'm working it out slowly and trying to figure things out. So I'm, you know how it is. I have to stand up because usually I'm sitting down and I'm like, okay, when I sit down, I guess I get too comfortable and don't check out, check things out to make sure that they're happening. So I'm going to get started with the show. You know, I don't want to waste nobody's time and don't want anything to be delayed. I got 45 minutes here to play around with. And I got a lot to cover, a lot to cover. So as I get comfortable and maneuver my way through um, adjusting things, I thought I had it all adjusted. I'm going to start with an introduction, which is something that I never do, but I'm going to get my mic right, first of all. Hello. And again, I want to say that I do record the show for YouTube so I can get clips in Um and have some 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 content for my YouTube page. So if you ever want to go out and check me on YouTube instead of on the Blog Talk Radio Show or on Apple Podcasts, you can visit me on YouTube at One Purpose Mac, and you'll find my content there. I started doing mukbangs, the eating shows, and holding commentary over mukbangs. So check that out. Check me out there. So I'm going to start off with a a little introduction because I felt like I had to go here for whatever reason. So people have mastered what maturity looks like, but dig a little deeper. The child in them was never corrected, never really nurtured, never given the tools to thrive into adulthood for real. Yes, you can buy a car, rent a place to stay, get degrees, book a trip, get a job, But can you have healthy relationships, establish a career path, build a legacy, support your aging parents, raise kids that can balance self-love and this chaotic-ass world, rebuild community, not manipulate your way into what you want because manipulation is a child's tactic? Can you connect with people that hold a mirror to help you see you for you and stay the course and not buckle and fold because you do not like what you see. My generation, it's time to grow the hell up. If the truth, if the truth hurts, let it. So I'm going to move right into the update for the One Purpose magazine and am calling for people to share, share, share their stories with me. Um, For the magazine, I'm looking for artists and creatives. I think this is a really good time to get artists and creative stories out there. Uh, We need artists and creative people right now. You know, uh, our, our life that we're living is really calling for your gifts and creativity. 
And so I want to profile artists and creatives. I'm not about celebrity. I don't want to profile celebrities. You know, I don't want to do stories on celebrities. It's enough publications that cover entertainment in that realm of entertainment. So I'm not interested in doing that. I'm interested in getting the stories of the artist that's grinding, that's in theater, that is in street art, that does the the great work that we see in um, you know in our in our communities, in our urban communities. Just anybody that has a talent and a gift that they share and express it through any art form. I am seeking that, looking for that to get out for the next publication. That's the only update I have with that and I move so fast (laughs) when I talk I have to remember to slow down sometimes so I always try to give a self-love message right that's 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 very important to me because I wrote a book that really talks about self-love it's called as thyself by Nia and the purpose of the book is to just take people through my self-love journey to help people understand some of the hurdles that I overcame to make sure that I'm doing my part and and helping people grow. You know, if that's what I claim I do, I just want that to be to be out there. So I uh I added the self-love message to the show because I thought it would be a good way for me to get some of my ideas that come out of my book that help me uh, in in touch with people, you know, and get some of that out there. If you don't want to pick up the book to read it or whatever, you know, I just want to get the messaging out because that's more important to me than anything. So my self-love message this week is let people go and grow. Let people go to allow them to grow. And I feel like we spend so much time, uh, you know, chasing after people, holding on to people, trying to prove our point in why we are good enough for a person to be with us. All of those things, you know, um, that we should not be doing, that we do not have to invest in. And you, for whatever reason, you know, I fall into, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. You know, I'm imperfect. And sometimes I come across people, I'm a helper, you know, I'm a nurturer. So when I see people struggling with something, even if it is like struggling to have relationships and struggling to express what they want, I want to jump in and help them. And a lot of times I have to remember that that's not my job. I have to allow them to grow into the level of maturity or grow into the level of having the desire or understanding the value of partnership and some relationships. And uh, so, yeah, you got to let them go to let them grow. And that's just my example. There's so many examples out there. But I do believe that when we love ourselves, when we invest in ourselves, we don't miss out. We don't miss out on anything or anyone. We do not miss out because the time that you have alone is like the best time that can be afforded to you because then you can focus on yourself because relationships and things like that are all about being selfless and really giving yourself to accomplish a goal that uh, when two people come together, you know, being single 
you have to invest in that person. And if you have kids, then you invest in the children and the family and the mission for the family. But when you're single, even if you're single with kids, you get an opportunity to work on you and develop and to develop into who your best self. So I feel like we should take advantage of that, you know, be proud of that. And I'm not saying that should discourage you from wanting to be in a partnership because definitely, like I said in my intro, someone holding up a mirror can definitely help you grow, you know, but I guess at the end of the day, what it boils down to is it's all good. Partnership, being single, being married, all good. It's all good, you know, and I think we have to understand that. Like if, if somebody got to go to grow, let them go, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's some songs out there that says, you know, that if if they come back, then it was meant to be or something like that, you know, you know the song, but even if they don't, oh, well, you're still good. So that's my self-love message. Let people go, you know, let them, even, even if you want it so bad, let it, let them go, discover your value and your worth because there's plenty there. There's plenty there. And then, so Last week or the week before, the weekend before, at some point, I'm going to move on to, this isn't a normal topic that I, th- that I have, but I'm throwing something different in there. And uh, it's not connected to the culture topic, but I guess it can be because our culture is a trip. You know, we, we, we do some things in our, you know, and I'm just talking about generally. I, I, I guess I can separate the two, like our generational culture and then our community culture. So whatever, I won't get into <laughs> differentiating that. But so someone had had hit me up. Well, I okay, I'll start here. Last weekend, I guess it was a huge story or a huge topic, a lot of conversation about um the home goods store online. I, I don't want to say their name. Because I don't want I don't want to participate in smearing an org, a company if if they don't deserve it. You know, you feel me? You feel me? You feel me? <laughs> like I'm talking face to face, but that's how that's how engaged I am into what I'm talking about. But there was okay, so I'll start with the facts. So there was a a, a online home goods store furniture store that was. Uh, allegedly running a a sex trafficking or child trafficking scheme. So there was this conspiracy theory online that the retailer uh, was trafficking children through listing products with inflated prices and human names on social media. Well, it happened on social media. And the couple that put this out there had pointed out that there were some cabinets that were listed with girl names that had some pretty large price tags on them. And they said that the the furniture actually had children hidden in them and was part of a supposed child trafficking ring. So anyway, Snopes, I'm not even going to go into all of the other stuff that happened on social media around it, but Snopes had uh, did their research on it and they they that they concluded that the child trafficking scheme uh has been debunked by independent fact checkers uh it it of course it gained traction because of another publication that trafficked in these conspiracies um 
But anyway, they debunked it and said that it wasn't real. And that's whatever. You know, everybody was into it. Everyone was passing, sharing the content and talking about it. And, you know, I kind of overlooked it until someone brought it to my attention. And my thing is this. I disengage with stuff like that until it's some real facts behind it. But we have to be careful at how we're targeted on social media and the things that we share because just like in we've watched it in movies how our demographic of black people are targeted for different reasons. Don't ever for one second think that that has changed. And it's easy. It's easier on social media. So if you are going to stand behind something, this is my advice uh, coming from like someone who has studied media. If you, my advice would be to share content, find organizations that you believe and that you trust, and, and follow them. Have them show up on your news feed so that when you're sharing information, you know that you're sharing something from a, 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 reputable, comp, a reputable organization, media organization, that actually fact check, that actually vet people when they interview them. And I'm going to say this. Sometimes you can't even trust your local news organizations to do vetting. Okay? So just make sure that you have done you have things showing up on your news feed that you can respect and that you can believe and that you can stand by. I think we have to start doing that because we don't know who, who we don't know the people that's behind a lot of these companies that put these conspiracy theories out. And we can all, we can all, we can on our own all day long talk about how we're against, you know, conservative right, far right conservatives and things like that. But a lot of the information and content that we share come from people who target our demographic to put out some of this information. And I'm actually going to go into my Ph.D. studying how some of this influence our culture uh, next year, I think. Or I don't know. We'll see. But, <laughs> but anyway, so I have to move on from that because, you know, I just want us to be careful, be conscious, and be aware of what it is that we participate in. Because sometimes we participate in things that we shouldn't be participating in. Just be, and I understand that there's a sensitivity to that topic. And if something is happening, you you uh you want to get the word out. I get that, but we we just have to be conscious of what we uh, participate in. And if it turns out to be true, guess what? I'll be back talking about it. But until then, just pay attention. This is what I feel. I'm sorry. I sound like the mother sometimes talking to my, <laughs> that's how it's the mother in me. I'm a mom. I'm a mom. Forgive me. All right. So my next topic, and it's the real culture topic is uh, violence. It's violence. Uh, I promised on my last show last week that I was going to be really diving into some of the issues around uh, Chicago violence and Hopefully informing. I mean, it may be some things that you already think and that you already know, but let's confirm some things and let us, let us just start having authentic conversations about the issues that we really hope over the years. I think most of us hope that it would just cease and go away. But at this point in time, I think that we just need all hands on deck, right? We just have to get in there and do the work that needs to be done to eradicate some of this violence. And so um, 
So uh, we're working towards eradicating it in our communities, looking at how poverty encourages violence. And, uh, you know, a lot of us live outside of the communities, but that doesn't mean that what they go through is not a part of who we are and affect, you know, some of the things that we can do and wanting to enjoy the city and enjoy the city of Chicago. I'm from Inglewood. I want to go back. I like to go back to Inglewood and, and just reminisce and things like that. And we should, we should be able to do that. We should be able to go back and reminisce and go to our old neighborhoods and our own old communities and, you know, see what, Whatever. We'll get into the rest of that at some point. <laughs> I want to talk about that, too, investing in those communities, but we'll get to that later. So we, my, my point of addressing the violence and poverty today is because we have to stop the narrative that violence is the, is the fault of the people wrapped in the nuances of it. Um, violence is a symptom of poverty. That's period. That, that is just what it is. It's a, it's a symptom of poverty. And we have to stop blaming the people that are caught up in it, caught up in the, 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 um, cause it, it's a public health crisis. You know, it's, it's the people caught up in it. We can't blame them for, um, the, the situation that they're in. So in January of 2019, a group of researchers from the, and I wrote this, I just want to put it out there. I'm not reading another writers or reporters stuff, I wrote this. So if you hear facts, then that's a possibility it came from an organization that collects data or something like that. But if it's anything, any content, if someone else wrote it, I'll let you know. But this I wrote. So in January 2019, a group of researchers from the University of Illinois at Chicago, Southern Illinois University at Whitfield, Northern, Northwestern University and Northeastern Illinois University convened in a conference at the University of Illinois at Chicago, a great cities institute on the fracturing of gangs and violence in Chicago. So the, what they convened about was a research-based reorientation of violence prevention and intervention policy. They concluded, they concluded during their research that gangs might not address the issue on the south side as much as the west side. But overall, although gangs are a factor, they may not be at the root of gun violence homicide as much as, listen, disinvestment and lack of economic development. They believe gangs are changing, but violence prevention and strategies have not. And so even with that, there were some suggestions laid out let me get to it. Let me get to it. Dead air. None of that, right? So the suggestions that they have put in place in this particular policy or study, and the blog is actually on the blog. What I'm reading from is a blog that I had wrote that is actually on my employer's blog. So um, I'll give the link to that in the blog talk and on the YouTube. But so the the suggestions were that the CHA, the Chicago Housing Authority Plan for Transformation in 2010, the plan demolished the CHA projects. This caused traditional gangs to diffuse into surrounding neighborhoods, creating cliques. Then drug-related violence became more prevalent. That was on the west side. So economic poverty 
is a factor. And this is, this is like high levels of homicides that are pers- persisting in Chicago, as in like the Rust Belt City. So not just Chicago, when, when we talk about the factor of economic poverty. Other cities that is in the Rust Belt uh, City, like Detroit, St. Louis, Cleveland, and Memphis, like they are having these economic issues too. And so we can dive into that. And I think the mayor often talks about how a lot of the manufacturing and a different, a lot of jobs were pulled out of the cities like Chicago. And so they don't have a lot of the, the, the jobs available. So um, what this group of individuals uh, suggests is there needs to be a shift in intervention techniques. More violence is, most violence is not drug related. Intervention should focus on the mediation of interpersonal conflict and conflict resolution among youth. So what does that say? What does that say? What does that say? So we do, we need to, so disinvest, disinvestment is one of the main issues. So we need to re, begin to reinvest in these communities. But also in reinvesting in this, these communities is not just financial. It is also giving people the tools that they need to dis de-escalate situations themselves to be able to handle anger management issues and things like that. So when I talk about getting back involved in the communities or if I say anything about it and I speak on investment, it is like a, a wide spectrum of what investment represents for communities like these that we love so much and that we were once a part of and actually building relationships with our brothers and sisters in these communities and our youth in these communities. And I really do think that a part of me wants to say that I think that that is much, 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 much more important than just giving them jobs. You know, because when you invest in a person, when you invest in people, when you show them that they're worth you showing up and just having a conversation, how are you doing? What's going on with you? What are your dreams? What are your goals? You know, all the other stuff is good, but when you really truly invest in people, like sometimes they'll see their their worth, I believe. And when they start seeing their worth, then they won't go out and, and do some of the things that, that they do. Now I work with youth and I know that they can get, it can get revved up and it can get wild, but I've also seen youth get to that point where you know, they're revved up and wild, and I've seen them, like, a certain face will show up. And I, I have a story, but I don't think I have time. Okay, I have time to tell my story. <laughs> and this isn't supposed to be storytelling, but uh, let's see. But um, so... Okay, no, I don't have time to tell my story. I don't. I just, I just realized that I'm running out of time. But I will maybe do a story time on my YouTube or something like that where I tell this story. And it was about one of my experiences in uh, an alternative school. I hate that I can't tell it, but I can't. I'm running out of time. So, and I'm probably going to have to switch. Uh, um, so anyway, I lost track. I lost my train of thought. Um, so I'll move on, on to 
Okay, I just have to get my... All right. Sorry about this, guys, but I see some things changing, and I just want to make sure I'm in my right position to do what I have to do. Okay. So to finalize the thing on the the conversation on the violence, uh, I just want to make sure that I close that topic out properly. I will say that according to an examination, by the U.S. Department of Justice, the Chicago-based violence, uh, there was a Chicago-based, Chicago-based violence prevention program that focused on changing the behavior of a small number of carefully selected members found the impact that this particular group had on shootings and killings. And their impact, it turned out that, you know, having that type of connection with young people in the, in the community caused the killings to go down and the shootings to go down. And... There was also a finding in the, org- in the companies that I worked for in one of our data, data briefs that there was a significant shift in gang homicide patterns, including a decline in gang involvement in hom- homicide and retaliatory killings attributed to this particular group being hands-on. So, I mean, it, it matters. Those connections that you have with young people, they definitely matter. And I will say that until I'm blue in the face that those relationships matter because they do. And so why? So there was definitely uh there's a plan, a poverty plan that the that the mayor has in place that she's focusing on. And so I would encourage you to take a look at the poverty plan that she has in place. Um and it's talking about mostly like investment and investing, investing in the community, um, getting things, being involved, like I was just saying. And uh, let's see. I wanted to say economic recovery. Kind of lost my, my page here. My internet is acting up on me. So, yeah, so just her economies that in this generation that poverty can be eradicated. And a lot of people think that it's crazy, but, you know, you have to think crazy and kind of illogical when you want things to change and to shift. So she has a plan out there. It's a four-part plan. I can't pull it up right now. It's a four-part poverty plan that she has in place. And it is definitely on her website. She's talking about reducing uh, the expenses, who's addressing high cost of utilities for low-income residents, and she's also talking about quality jobs to increase income levels. And of course, we all know that the minimum wage will be increasing in in, in 2021. So all of these things that she's doing to, uh, and that's just two parts of her plan, but that she's doing to begin to eradicate, like it's something that can happen overnight or that can change overnight. It is, it is a, it's a process and we all kind of have to care enough to participate in, in helping the city overcome some of these issues. Uh, and there's a lot of them, like even health disparity, you know, that is, that is, that is a huge problem, especially now with COVID-19. So yeah, get involved. 
go back and get involved in in the community and and love on people. I say that all the time, Don. I love on people. I'm kind of upset that my internet started acting up on me, but I'm gonna keep it moving because that's what I have to do, right? But it's all good, you know. It's all great. And so now I'm going to move to my very last topic, very last topic, which is my main topic. And this is one that is kind of dear, 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 dear to me. Come on, main topic. There we go. It's it's dear to me because it's addressing mental health. So we have a habit of, and this is something I think we just need to overcome together. We have a habit of throwing people under the bus when they are vulnerable and express themselves and say that they're having issues or say that they had a hard time dealing with something, whether it was relationship or overcoming something, just being vulnerable. And we go into this mode of criticizing, ridiculing, making fun of, making a joke about it. And I know we did it for years with comedy. You know, when people, like our, our comics, like specialize in roasting people for, you know, their vulnerabilities. But I think that we need to grow up out of that. I think that we need to begin to embrace when people are vulnerable or soft, especially men and they expose who they are and what they're going through or their battles or their, their, their secrets with us because we have to get rid of the stigma the, the, that, that goes along with mental illnesses. You know, and the only way that we can do that is if we create comfortable environments for people to be honest and be real and be themselves and not have this facade put up or this fake image of who who we want them to be, you know. And so I just think that we need to work on that and do better as individuals, um, being open to our people, being who they are. And that is just the bottom line. It, they matter, you know. We matter. And we have people that think about taking their lives, that think about you know, overdosing, if they don't attempt it, they may think about it. And we have to 